This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Thank you so much for coming. Praise the Lord. That is the authority of the believer. I to call it the believer's authority. The believer's authority. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are our own Father. Thank you because you are such a good Father. We approach your word reverently and humbly tonight. We trust that by your spirit, you'll open up your word to our spirits. We ask that you fill us with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that we might walk worthy of you unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, that the truth of the authority that we have as believers will come to comprehend it in our spirits and will take advantage of it in our lives. Thank you because our down days are over. Thank you because we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank you because as a result of this class, there are transformations, radical changes in the minds, in the lives of men. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's open to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. Now, the bulk of what we'll be teaching in the class, in the course, will be from the book of Ephesians. So you just might want to read the first three chapters of Ephesians. Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3. Just read those three chapters in the course of this. Read them over and over and over again. If you go to the 16th verse of Ephesians 1, Paul at prayer, Paul was praying there. From verse 16, he said, Seize not. Actually, you could put the word I. You know, I seize not. That's Paul. He was praying this prayer. This is the prayer he prayed for the saints in Ephesus. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, bend, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the leading greatness of his power. Just word, working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. If you go to the third chapter, you'll see some prayer also that's there see a continuation of the prayer he prayed for the saints at ephesus ephesians 3 from 14 through to 21 says for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family are named that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his in the inner man that christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that he being rooted in love may be able to comprehend with all saints breadth and length and depth and height and to know the Lord passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God now to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us 
Unto him be by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now, you know, there are different kinds of prayer spoken of in the Bible. Nine different kinds of prayer. And all these different kinds of prayer, they go by different rules. Now, there's a prayer of faith, which is a prayer you pray once and for all. You don't pray the prayer of faith two times for the same thing. No, you don't. The moment you pray, you believe you receive. But not every prayer is a prayer of faith. There's another kind of prayer that's the prayer of supplication. Now, you see these prayers that Paul prayed for the saints at Ephesus. They are prayers of supplication. Notice in chapter 1 and verse 16, he said, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What was it that he didn't cease to give thanks for them about? What was it that he didn't cease to make mention of them about in prayer? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you see, Paul prayed these prayers for the saints at Ephesus. And because their prayers are supplication, you can pray them again, and pray them again, and pray them again, and pray them again, and pray them again. Amen. They are spirit-inspired prayers. And if they were good enough for the saints at Ephesus, they are good enough for the saints in Abuja. Or wherever you might be at. They are spirit-inspired. The Holy Ghost inspired him to pray that way continuously, continuously, repeatedly for those saints at Ephesus. Now, let me tell you something. These are prayers you would do yourself a world of good to pray for yourself. A world of good to pray for yourself. The turning point came in my life when I prayed these prayers for myself like five times every day for about a year. Every year. About five times every day. I'll pray them again and pray them again and pray them again. And pray them again. Where he said, I cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. I'll say, I cease not to give thanks for me. Making mention of me in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened. That I may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Towards me, who believes, according to the working of his mighty power. You know, I'll pray them like that, through to the end. And then I'll go to chapter 3, where he said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I'll say that he'll grant me, according to the riches of his glory, that I be strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so on. So you see, I began to pray those prayers to myself. I remember when it happened. It was 1989. Something happened to me. Late 1989. November, December 1989. Through to 1990. I began to see some truths in God's word. And I wondered. Now, I got born again 1983, October 9. But you see, God's word just opened up all of a sudden. And it was like, What? What have I been, what did I know? I didn't know anything. That's the way it felt. It looked like, my God, I've been so, so dumb. My God, I've been so, so illiterate. I didn't know anything. That's the way it felt. Now, it wasn't that I didn't know. But you see, when revelation knowledge comes, it changes everything. Look, it's the revelation of God's word that changes lives. You can know something and know it in your head, but head knowledge can't fix anything. Smith Wigglesworth used to say this, that libraries make swollen heads. The word of God makes enlarged hearts. 
we need to get the revelation of our authority. We need to see it in our spirit. There's something you know. And when you know it like you know it, the devil knows. See, there used to be a time in my life when I wasn't so confident about dealing with the devil. I wasn't so confident about my authority. There was a time like that. As a believer, I was born again, but I was almost a little scared of certain things. But after I began to see the truth of my authority, my God, I went out looking for the devil. I went out looking for him because I found out the truth of God's word. I saw it in my spirit. I saw it in my spirit. So that's why I'll encourage every one of us. Pray these prayers for yourself. Pray them for yourself. If you have a loved one who's born again, but is struggling with truths along certain lines, insert their prayer, uh, their name into this prayer and pray those prayers for them. You know, sometimes we pray for Christians and we say, oh God, I pray for so-and-so. I ask that you bless him. I ask that you prosper him, right? The truth is God has already blessed him with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he's already blessed. But you see, he needs to know that he's blessed. He needs to know the blessings that are his. He needs to know how to appropriate those blessings. And rather than just praying a prayer so that they won't say you didn't pray, why don't you pray scripturally? Amen. Pray those prayers for yourself. Let's just take a shot at it right now. Every one of us. Let's open our Bibles. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go to verse 16. And then we'll just read it out loud. And as we're reading it, we're reading it with, with meaning, with intent. Not just by root. One, two, go. I cease not to give thanks for me, making mention of me in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, and know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has seen at his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body him that feeleth all in all. Let's go to chapter 3. Chapter 3. From verse 14. 1, 2. For this cause I'll bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, that I, being rooted in love, may be able to comprehend without what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that I might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the works in me unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't just pray it one time. Pray it again. And pray it again. And pray it again. 
and prayed again and prayed again and prayed again and prayed again over and over for a period of time. And while you are praying it, study. Amen. You see, the Holy Ghost can bring more to your attention in one hour than you can learn in one decade of just study. He can show you more. He can bring you revelation. And revelation knowledge is the issue. I tell you something. There is no truth that the devil fights like the truth of the authority of the believer. He fights it. You know why? Because he knows that the moment you understand your authority, he knows his heyday is over, you are over. He knows the moment you know who you are in Christ and how to exercise the authority you have as a believer, he knows your down days have ended. So he will do his best to obscure this knowledge from Christians. He fights this truth with everything he has. He does. And when you begin to see it, and you begin to see it, he will do everything to keep you from walking in it. He will try to scare you out of it. He will try to make it look like it's not working. He will bring challenges. He will bring tests. He will bring trials. He'll, demons will gang up against you just to suck you out of your authority. But you know something? We're not of them that draw back to perdition. We're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. We can't go under for going over. Glory to God. We've got authority. We've got authority. We've got authority. The church has more authority than we have imagined that we had. We have more authority than we have imagined we had. Like I suggested, read these first three chapters. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3. And read them again. And read them again. And read them again. And read them again. Over and over. Before you come tomorrow, read them. Glory to God. Before you sleep tonight, read them. And pray those prayers for yourself. You'll find out that that very thing Paul was talking about, about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, about the eyes of your heart being enlightened, will happen to you. And insight into God's word will come. Now, it won't happen just because you prayed once. You have to stay with it. You have to stay with it. You have to stay with it. You know, sometimes you're looking for how to pray for somebody else. Insert their name there and pray those prayers for them. You see, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. The day you got born again and came into Christ, that very moment, authority became yours. All the authority that Jesus has became your own became your own. Whether you know it or not, whether you take advantage of it or not, it's still yours. We have authority as believers. But what you have and you don't know about can't do you any good. You see, the weakest member of the body of Christ has just as much power, just as much authority over the devil as anybody else. I don't care if you're the little toenail on the left foot of Jesus or even if you're the soles of his feet, the devil is still far beneath you. Do you understand? And when did that happen? The day you got born again. The moment you came into Christ. You fell here to the name of Jesus. The legal right to use that name became yours. The instance you got saved. And the authority is wrapped in that name. All authority is wrapped in that name. And that name is your possession. And you need to know it. You need to know it. You see, we live in a world where the devil is God. And it's just like him to try to bring sickness on your body. It's just like him to try to cause you to lack. It's just like him to try to bring sin at you. 
It's just like him to try to bring defeat. It's just like him to bring challenges, to bring tests, to bring trials. But guess what? It's just like you to stand your ground against him. Because you've got authority. Because you've got authority. But like I said, having authority and not knowing you have authority won't do you any good. Or knowing you have the authority and not acting on the authority won't do you any good either. You see, it's knowledge acted upon that produces results. Hosea 4.6. God said, my people, they perish because of the lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. He didn't say the devil's people. He said his own people. God's people. His people in the old covenant. And that will also apply in the new covenant. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. In Isaiah 5.13, he said, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. So knowledge is vital. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is crucial. Crucial. John 8.32 says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's the truth that you know and act upon that brings freedom into your life. So this truth about our authority as believers, we need to get our spirits educated in it. We need to sit before these mighty truths reverently so that the spirit of truth will open them up to our spirits and so that we will exercise our authority and reign in this life. You see, particularly, this is Africa. This is black Africa. There are some doctrines that fly around every now and then. Somebody will tell you somewhere that if you're a firstborn, you should come and do redemption of firstborn. You know? Or they'll tell you that, you know, your foundation, your foundation, that if the foundation be destroyed, what, shall, what can the righteous do? I don't know what that has to do with what they are saying. It doesn't match. You know? They'll say, if your father's 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 father used to do this, that yes, there's a curse on you. That the reason this is happening is because there's a curse on you. And they come up with all sorts of stuff. And you see born again people running from pillar to post, looking for deliverance. Sometimes I feel like slapping them. Because they won't read their Bible. I just let the love of Christ constrain me. Look, when you got born again, Colossians 1.13 says that God the Father has delivered us from the authority of darkness, the power of darkness, and he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Look, if I need deliverance, Jesus does. Because as he is, so am I in this world. Now, am I saying it is impossible for a believer to have demon trouble? I'm not saying so. A believer can yield to the devil. A believer can be oppressed by the devil, even by demons. A believer can be obsessed in his mind by demons. It's possible. Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. That means that the devil can take place in your life if you let him. But that also means that if I don't let him, he can't take any place. And guess what? I'm not letting him. Amen. We've got authority. We've got authority. They'll tell you, look, if you sleep in your dream and in your dream you eat, then you, it's this problem. If in your dream you see red, then it's that. If your dream you see black, then it is that. When they start saying that, I just want to ask myself, can you just give me a chapter and a verse in the Bible for that? Can you give me a scripture for that? Where did they get it from? Galatians 3.13 says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He made a curse for us. For it is written, 
Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. Look, if I were a white man now and I was saying this, you know, somebody would say it's because you're a white man. The kind of witches that are in Africa, they are not like the ones that are in America. Those ones in America, they are sophisticated witches. They are internet witches. They are this kind of demons. Here we have demons in the village. Look, Africa, black Africa. Amen. But I'm telling you, the devil is beneath my feet. He's hearing me now. I dare him. I double dare him. Yeah, I do every time. He's scared of me. Just like he's scared of you. Why? Because we are in Christ. But we need to know it. We need to know it. It's on time. You know, you know, something you know makes you bold. Someone put something in food for me one time. But I made sure I ate it first. First ate it. Yeah. After eating it, I called the person. I said, you put this thing in the food. The person said, yes. I said, don't do it next time. You hear? You see, I've eaten the food. I just want you to know that it doesn't have any power over me. But don't do it again. Amen. <laughs> you see, there's something you know. When you know it like you should know it, you act different. You act different. You act different. It's the one that you are not sure of. You can't hit your hand on your chest about. Amen. I'm not bragging on me. Don't get me wrong. I'm bragging on Jesus. I'm bragging on redemption. <laughs> one time, you know, some loved ones of mine came. They said, someone took my hair. And the person went to use to do something. I was so amused there. Eh? I was so amused. I started rolling on the floor, laughing. I said, look, if you know the person, tell the person eh, that if he really wants my hair, I will give him. If he wants my fingernails too, I will give him. Once my toenails, I will give him. And guess what? I'm not going to pray about it. I'm not going to pray about the devil. Mm -mm. I have other better things to pray about. He's under my feet. I don't do battle with him. I do victory over him. I do triumph over him. Amen. We need to know our authority. We need to know our authority. Otherwise, the devil will chance you. I went to a boarding school. Boarding school I went. This really happened. You know, there was a classmate of mine who was in Form 1. He just came to school, but he was big. There was one boy who was in Form 2. The boy didn't know that this guy was a fresh Form 1 boy. He called the Form 2 and said, come here! We used to do something in my school. Say, one boy! Say, one boy like this. People start running. Everybody who is a junior to the person that called will run. We'll be tied you if you are the last person to get there. Everybody will be running, 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 running. Called him, he told his senior, said, kneel down there. His senior knelt down. He didn't know. Yes. That's what the devil does. You are his senior. If you are born again, you are his senior. But you know, there are some of these seniors who don't know that they are seniors. And then the devil says, come here, come here. Kneel down there. I have some sickness I want to put on your body. Take it. And then he says, please now, please now, please now, please now. Migraine is enough. Don't add, don't add ulcer to it. Just only migraine. This migraine is bad. And they say, shut up, shut up. And then they're saying, please now. When you ought to wash him with the word of God. Say, will you get out of there? A few days after, there's somebody who was in my class, who was in that set, who was right in this hall. Yeah, he's writing, he's laughing. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. That fellow find, found out that he was chanced. 
you should look at the vengeance that the guy <laughs> that's how you ought to do when you find out that this devil has been chancing me chancing me you call the vengeance and say no way i'm taking my rights i'm taking advantage of my privileges amen you've got authority we need to know our authority we need to know who we are in christ we need to know what belongs to us in christ talking one man one time and then the man he said he can do something that if you cut him, he won't enter. Oh, day she, you know, all that stuff. I told the man, elderly man, I said, well, it depends on who does the cutting. He said, what do you mean? I said, just what I said. I said, if me, I cut you, you will cut, oh. He said, oh, you these small boys of nowadays. What do you think you are? Well, I told him that we can do an experiment. He said, all right, let's do the experiment. I said, don't let's use a matchet. The results could be fatal. <laughs> Don't let's use a knife. We may have to stop a lot of bleeding. No, that may be bad. Let's use a blade. Right? He said, sure. We bought brand new tiger blade. I remember vividly. He did the thing. It was water he used. He called something inside the water. He put something in his mouth. He, he recited some things. He called it inside the water. Then he drank it. I watched him do it. I was there. I was watching. After he drank it, they took the blade, new tiger blade. They cut him. You know what happened? It turned white and it cleared up. Now, my mom used to be, uh, she was a nurse before she retired. She was um, a, a assistant chief nursing officer. She was in UCH. She was in charge of the theaters. Now, there was one former governor in Nigeria. I will save his name in case you are his relation. Yeah. Um, something happened to him and he needed to have surgery. My mom told me this story because she was there. That was where she was working. And they needed to wheel the man for surgery immediately. It was urgent. They wheeled him into the theater. Anesthesia gave him everything. It was time to cut him. You know what happened? The knife couldn't enter his body. They couldn't cut him. They had to take him out of the anesthesia and tell him, Sir, whatever it is you did, undo it. <laughs> Otherwise, you will die. We need to cut you so we can remove this growth so that we can do surgery on you. Amen. Those things exist. They exist. We are not denying that there is a devil. Yeah, there is a devil. Yeah, he can pull some strings here and there. But you know what? There is also a God. And he's bigger than the devil. He's bigger than his power. He's bigger than his wiles. And he lives in you. Amen. You need to know your authority. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know how this authority works. You need to get a hold of it in your spirit. You need to see it on the inside of you like you should. There was one fellow, you know, I can tell you many stories about some of these things. The guy, one of these people purported to be evil, was said he had killed a number of people and all that. He was causing trouble in my family one time. So I walked up to him and said, yes, they said that you kill people. That's where I started. I'm not one of them that you can kill. I told him. I said, there's this nonsense that you are doing. Stop it. I'm warning you. <laughs> there are some things I do where eh? people get, start getting scared. <laughs> and some of them are born again. No. We have authority over the devil. Amen. We have authority. We need to know that authority. We need to wield our authority. The devil will try to 
cause you to sin, cause you to be sick, cause you to be broke, cause you to be defeated. He will take up over your mind if you will let him. Yes. He will wreck your home if you will let him. He will wreck your life if you will let him. But you see, he's a defeated foe. And you need to know that. You need to know that in your spirit, not just in your head. And once you know it, the way you ought to know it, then your down days are over. Your down days are over. Now, there's a thought now. What exactly is this authority? What is authority? What is authority? We've been talking about authority. What exactly is authority? Let's open to Luke's gospel. The 10th chapter. Luke chapter 10. Verse 19. Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, the word power that's used in that verse is the Greek word exousia. American Standard Version translates that as authority. Actually, it should be rightly translated authority. It really should be, behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Another translation says, nothing shall, by, shall in any wise hurt you. Now, Jesus is the one who was speaking there. He said he's giving us authority. Authority over what? All the power of the devil. We have authority over all the devil's ability. No matter the ability he has, we have authority over it. He's like a policeman in uniform. Rush hour traffic. A giant truck is coming. Does that policeman have the physical strength to restrain that truck? Probably doesn't. Not even probably, he doesn't. But all he needs to do is to lift up his hand. And then what happens? That truck stops. Why? Because of the authority that he represents, the authority that he has. The truck driver recognizes that authority and has to obey that authority. authority depends on the force that is back of the user. How strong, how valuable some authority is depends on what stands behind it. Now, what stands back of our authority? What's the corporation that is behind our authority? I'll tell you. Who is the person that is speaking here? Jesus. And who is Jesus? He's the second person of the Godhead. He's God made manifest in the flesh. So you see, it's God who said he has given us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. When he said serpents and scorpions there, he's not necessarily talking about just snakes. He's talking about demon power. Even though if you mistakenly step on a serpent, you can claim immunity. Remember one day I was stung by a scorpion. You know, <laughs> I told myself, I said, if a scorpion can kill me, shame on me, I should go to heaven. That, you know, that's because I've learned to take God's word literally. One time, I was in university. Um, I was going to my house. We lived on campus. There's this friend of mine, we're in the same department. We decided to take a, a path, a, a bush path, which was closer to my house. There was anybody who was in UI, Tech Annex, there's that bush path, we're taking it. But then, um, 
something had happened. Some people were cutting down the trees there. I think the school authorities cutting down the trees that were in that area, close to that tech faculty. And then there were some bees that had been on some of those trees. So those bees got angry. Now, I didn't know. You know, you don't tempt God. If, if um, I see that there are bees that are running riot there, I won't, I'll take another path, except I have to. But I didn't even know. So here I was, going with my friend. We were going to my house. Uh, we were walking together. Lo and behold, those bees, we walked right into them. And they were angry. They were violent. Now, there's something. The Bible says, in righteousness shall thou be established. It says, you'll be far from oppression because you do not fear. And from terror for it shall not come near you. There's something about not being afraid that drives away oppression. Fear attracts oppression. Now, my friend was afraid. When he saw those bees, a swarm of them, he was scared. We were together, walking side by side. They, they went and attacked him. They left me alone. They went for him big time. And they stung him big time. He fell on the floor. Yeah, I'm talking about a swarm. He fell on the floor. As he did, I was still there. They left me alone. But he's my house is coming to. He's my guest. He's on the floor. He's just getting a hold of some truths in God's word. I was trying to share some things with him. So what am I to do? I try to help him out. In my bead of trying to get the bees off him, a few of them stung me. Are you listening? So I got stung also by the same bees. Guess the next thing? The devil said, ha, 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 ha. Shibi, you said some things can never happen to you. <laughs> You've been stung. You've been stung. Ho, ho, ho. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that's just like the devil. That's how he talks. Now, what did I do? I remembered this scripture. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, you know, and bees included, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I also remembered Mark 16, where Jesus said in verses 17 and 18, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The part of they shall take up serpents. Of course, that doesn't mean you go handling snakes to prove something. That's talking about if you get accidentally beaten by a snake. Like Paul was on the island of Melita in Acts 28. He just shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. You know, that's what he's talking about. Like the same thing that happened to me. You know. So I, I, I remember that. And then he said, if you take any deadly thing, it will not hurt you. So that means that a poison shouldn't take effect in my blood. Shouldn't take effect in my body. And then I remember the third scripture, Romans 8, 2. Where the Bible says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What did I do? I claimed immunity in the name of Jesus. I just said, no. Any kind of poison cannot take effect in my body. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I just said that in faith from my heart. We got him, you know. You know what happened? When I got home, you know, thoughts came at my mind. Go and check your face. It must be swollen by now. Check your face. Your face is swollen by now. I said, there's no use checking my face. I claimed immunity. It can't take effect. It can't affect me. I'm not going to check anything. I'm not, I don't need to check anything. I've spoken. Where the word of a king gives us power. You see, the thoughts kept going in my mind. Check your face. It's swollen. The thing stung you. Those things, hey, it's dangerous. It's poisonous. You need to go to the health center. You need to go and get some injection. You need to, all kinds of thoughts. It was a Tuesday. I went to church that day. I, I didn't bother to check. Now, that my friend, eh, 
He had to go to the health center, to Jaja Clinic. His face was swollen. He couldn't go to school for a week. Guess what? It had no effect on me. Absolutely no effect on me. Never took effect. Never, there wasn't any, there wasn't a swelling. Nothing. Amen. And I was stung by the same thing that stung him. Look, these things are not theory. It's real. It's real. Remember, there was one time, while I was in UI, I was in the student union building area with a friend of mine who was a preacher. He headed a fellowship on campus. He had a restaurant there. So, well, just sharing God's word, gisting. Now, he went to preach to one guy who was, belonged to a certain cult group. He witnessed the guy. The guy was big. He was a judo fighter. He was a black belt. He was actually an instructor. Probably black belt, maybe whatever Dan. Judo. Hmm? Huge. He was huge. Probably the biggest person in UI at that time. Huge guy. As my friend was witnessing to him, he got angry. Told my friend he's going to break his beer bottle on, the, on my friend's head. So while I was there, my friend called my attention to it. I somehow got involved. And that's how the fellow wanted to attack me. Now, I wasn't always, you know, I'm not that big now. But I weighed much less then than I did now. I used to weigh 59 and a half kg. Between 59 and a half to 62 kg for 15 years. Yeah, I thought I could never add weight. My God, when I began to add some, I was so thrilled. <laughs> Amen. So thrilled. I just left it because it was a miracle. <laughs> you know. So here came this big guy, big, huge, massive guy. And I'll fill you in some other detail. The guy was a black axe fellow, belonged to the cult. Yeah, I'll fill you in some more, on some more detail. He used to be in the place that was called, notoriously called War College. You know what that school that is? You know this university that was called War College in Nigeria? Okay, if you don't know, the Bible says that are ignorant, ignorant still. Don't bother. In case that was your school. So I don't start speaking on your school. You know, so let me not call the name of the school. He was rusticated from that school. That's why I came to UI. Why was he rusticated? He was in black axe, the same black axe. Hmm? He was um, a heat man. You know, used to drop them. You know, you know what I mean, drop them. I don't mean drop them so that you get them to sleep. I don't mean drop them so that you get them to sit down. I mean drop them, kill them. That was what he did and he had done. Hmm? I'm filling you in on some of these details, which I got to find out later. All right. He said, when they, you know, would get into trouble, he told me this himself. They'll call disciplinary committee. Round them up and all that. When it was in that school, I was about to call the name of the name. Thank God I didn't. You know, he said, as soon as they called them together like this, they had one Baba somewhere. They would take the name of everybody in the committee. They would take it to the man, including the chairman of the committee. The man would blow something on them. When they come back to the committee, you know what will happen? They will throw the case away. And that's what he did and did and did. Until one day there was a born again person who was a part of that committee, who wasn't only born again, also knew his rights. So from that day, they started punishing them. And that's how he got rusticated. He got rusticated, he came to UI. He came to UI, he decided to join the same group. He decided to also continue as a hit man. You know, the devil is mean. He's just wicked. Now, that's some um, of the gist I filled you in on. Let's come back to where we were. So this guy, I didn't know all this. I got to find all this out later. The guy now came to meet me and was talking to me and he said he was going to stab me. Are you listening? Now, I'm not suggesting that you do what I did that day. Don't try it. I didn't try it. I didn't try it. I wasn't trying it. 
I wasn't trying something. I was sure of what I was yeah. doing. I had a Bible. I had my Bible in my hand. In the course of our talking, you know, we talked up that way in front of um, that admin side until we came right by the side of Queen's Hall. This fellow and I, I had my Bible in my hand. I put my Bible, I put it on the floor and I stood on it. I told him, I said, I dare you, stab me if you can. And I stood there. Now, this is what he told me later. He said he'll tell me something. That there's no telling how many people he has killed. That it doesn't mean anything to him. He took the bottle, he broke it, yes. He said, but something came upon him and he couldn't attack me. He, just, he said he couldn't do it. Something just came upon him and he couldn't harm me. You know how we ended the story? I led him to the Lord. Got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Started talking in tongues. That's not a bad way to end a squabble. Don't you think so? Amen. You see, we have authority. We need to know our authority. We need to understand the authority we have. There was one day I was in Lagos. Ah, and then... Um, in the evening, I had something to do. I wanted to see my elder sister. They were living there at that time. And um, just by the side of the road, it was quite late. Here came these two guys. I just noticed one of them came and tried to come behind me. The other one stood in front of me. The next thing, one was trying to reach into my pocket. The one who was in front of me brought out a gun. Point blank range. Point blank range. You see, some of these truths there, eh, Pay attention to them. You just might need them much more than you think. They just might be more important to your life than you imagine. Point blank range. Brought a gun right there. Now, when I saw the gun, you know, I don't know how you feel if you see a gun, but you don't feel like fighting when you see a gun. You know, <laughs> and it didn't look like a toy gun. It was a real gun. You know. Did fear try to come on me? Yes. Did I feel afraid? Fear tried to come on me. But then I remembered something. I just remembered 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I remembered Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment I will condemn. Now, you know, you don't start building your house when the storm comes. You should have laid a foundation before the storm came. When that happened and the guy held the gun right to me, you know what I did? I held his gun with him. It was that close that I could hold the gun. And I held it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, with boldness. You know, the next thing he did, he fired. Yep, point blank range. He shot. Guess what? The bullet deflected. You know what he did? He ran. Won't you run? You will run now. He ran away. The other one, as the other one, I had a phone. One, yeah, yeah, phone like this. You know. I used to use your earphones in those days. Thank God. He's a good God. You know, the phone, as the other one was close by, you know, the other one actually was already dipping his hand in my pocket. My phone fell off. So they ran. He too ran. They couldn't take anything from me because this guy that bullet deflected from, you don't know what else can deflect from him and you don't know what can deflect on you. So they ran away. Both of them ran. They, they took off. I now left that place. Say, ah, that, that was victory. But I still felt like my victory was not complete. My phone. My phone. My phone. My phone. You know, I came there the next morning, early in the morning, and I found my phone on the floor. In Lagos. In Lagos. Look, we need to understand our authority. 
We need to know this authority. I went to visit a friend one time. This friend had a dog, was a vet doctor. He loved dogs. He had this particular one that was a breed of, I think, an Alsatian and uh, maybe one wild breed like that. There were only two people in his house who could handle that dog, only two of them. He and someone that lived in his uh, boy's quarters who helped him to see to the house. They were the only two that could handle it. Said there was one day he came out. The dog just saw a shadow. Didn't know who it was. Said before he could get his dog to realize that he was the one, the dog had him on the floor. Now, I also heard how one day they took the dog to take some injections. They didn't muzzle the dog well. The dog ripped apart one person. I won't tell you what part of him he ripped apart. I don't want to tell you, but he ripped it apart. It was bad. Now, I'd heard that the dog was called Boney. I'd heard stories about that dog, those stories. They got home after church. And lo and behold, they saw shoes, a lot of shoes in front of their house. What happened? What happened? Uh, what are shoes doing? You know, this is not a, a white garment place where people remove shoes to enter. What are so many shoes doing in front of our house? Then a neighbor now explained that some people were coming, just passing in front of the house after church. The dog just angrily felt, why should you be passing in front of my house? The dog jumped over the fence and ran after them. So they left their shoes and ran away. The dog was massive. You know, there's some dogs, when they bark, whoa, whoa, you think it's a wolf. A werewolf. You know. Now, I'd known all that about the dog. I went to see my friend, senior friend, older person, went to his house. I noticed that their gate wasn't locked, which usually it is. It wasn't locked. It was kind of, you could just come in. As soon as I saw that, I felt the dog must be in its cage. I looked. I didn't see the dog anywhere. Then I stepped in. As soon as I stepped in, guess what happened? The dog stepped out. <laughs> right in front of me. The door inside the house was here. The dog was here. I had to pass by the dog to get to the house. The dog was there. The dog wasn't wagging his tail and playing. The dog was barking. And then the devil brought pictures to my mind. Remember when they wanted to muzzle, when they wanted to give the dog an injection and the dog ripped that person apart. Remember, this dog can run. It scaled the fence. Remember, this dog, he got so and so, Dr. So and so, he pinned him down. Remember, this dog is going to take you apart today. Man of faith, you are done for. Say your last prayers. You are dead today. This is your day. This is your day. This is your day. Just as say, Father, into thy hands, I commit my spirit because you are going home now. Did those thoughts come? Yes, they did. So fast, like machine gun bullets. But then, thank God for the truth of our authority. I just remembered again that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. What did I do? I just got to mutter it under my breath. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Here was this dog, like he was going to charge. I just kept saying, greater, and then I'll take one step. And then I'll take another step. And then I'll take another step. And then I'll take another step. You know, the dog just looked at me and let me pass. He didn't attack me. We've got authority as believers. Glory to God. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163